We go together like peas and carrots. The Peas and Carrots Podcast, sharing life from our piece of the vegetable patch. Brian and Kayla Sanders. Welcome to the Peas and Carrots Podcast. I'm Kayla. And I'm Brian. And welcome to, I guess this is episode 15? 382. <laughs> 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 Some people may feel that way. Well, there you go. Uh, so what's up in the world of peas and carrots? Let me just start with this. Kind of a long day today. So I stopped by Bojangles. Didn't get chicken or anything like that. I just got me a Diet Mountain Dew. And I mixed it with orange sugar-free Gatorade. One of these things is not like the other. And you just took a sip of it. And what did you say? It's actually really good. You said, I'm glad you didn't tell me it was Mountain Dew, though, because that stuff, to me, looks like like stuff you should put in your car for your windshield. But, antifreeze? Yeah. You said it'll cure what ails you. Yes, I did. Confession. So, <laughs> all right. So what's up in our, in our world? Well, uh, this past weekend, like many of you, uh, let me say this, this past weekend when this was recorded, let me just go ahead and say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, the remembrance of 9-11, yeah. let me say that. So first of all, let's talk about where we were when that really when that happened. We lived in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I worked for WBSN Christian Radio Station. You worked for the Seminary Preschool, and you actually alerted me. I did. A parent walked in with his little boy, and then within a minute, he said, "You know what? I'm going to keep him with me today." And you guys need to turn on a television. He was mindful enough that I had a classroom full of fourth or six-year-olds. He did not say anything more than that. Hmm. But he actually advised us to get to a TV. And it was code for, you need to know what's going on. Well, before we could even do that, parents just started arriving to pick up their kids. And they had just dropped them off 10, 20 minutes before that. So it was really weird. But then I called you, and I said, B, what's going on? And your response was, oh, no. what are you talking about? I mean, I mean, I'm in media, and I have no clue as to what's going on. And so she said, you might want to go turn on TV. So where WBSN is, uh, at the time in New Orleans, we had a huge conference room, and there was a TV in there. We had cable. So turned on uh, the news, and I just sat down and watched it. And here's, here is my level of like stupidity. We were the number one Christian radio station in New Orleans. The GM was out doing something, so I'm, you know, I have the calm, as they say on Star Trek. Well, I just sit down and start watching the news. Never once crosses my mind to walk down to the to Libby, who's the morning show co-host, and say, hey, do you need some help with all this news? No, I'm just sitting there taking it in. You know, and then one well, of the local in your pa- defense, it was very shocking. Yeah, but you know, and the local a local pastor comes up and says, Hey, do y'all need some help? I'm like, Oh, yeah, it might be good for you to go on the air and pray. So Yeah, but, and then the day just unfolded yeah, from there. It was there. tragic. I remember the only thing I wanted to do was to get to you and to just hug you. That's mm-hmm. all I wanted. Yeah. Same. I think for all of us, we needed to be with our people, and we needed to know that our people were okay. I remember so many have said this, and every time – there is a blue sky like the sky that day. My mind goes right back to 9-11. I remember the horror of 
yeah, we'll keep this PG, but just the horror of the events that were unfolding that day and the, the images just, they sear your brain. And then even watching some of the 20 years. Remembrance. Remembrance. We just, it just guts me to see a lot of what was taking place that we didn't even know at the time decisions that were having to be made Mm. heroes that were formed in that day lives that were shaped and changed it just it saddens me in a way to think this is the generation that they may not even know what that day meant but it's on us to continue to talk about the heroes of that day, the horror of that day, but in ways that affirm progress, hopefully, and that we've gotten to a better place. Hmm. Uh, for me, a personal – let me just say this, some takeaways from 9-11. I will never forget uh, George W. Bush going to that pitcher's mound in Yankee Stadium after the attacks to me that was leadership Mm. putting himself at risk saying he wasn't scared seeing all the heroes the firefighters the police department i remember i even bought a new york firefighter cap that i wore um so and a takeaway for me was in those moments Leadership isn't made, it is revealed. Mm. And you can have great leadership at the time and you can ruin it later. But I remember all these, I remember I remember whenever the plane hit the Pentagon, and this is a big memory for me, seeing the Secretary of Defense, Donald Rumsfeld, out there carrying, carrying. people. Mm-hmm. He was carrying stretchers. This is the Secretary of Defense. And I'm like, that guy's a leader. He's also a human. And I think that's the thing that resonated with every single person is in that moment, nobody cares what the title is on your desk. You're a human being who these are your people. You love them. And you it's it's like a parent. You just want to keep them safe. Hmm. And so, yeah, that is a powerful image of him jumping in where he was needed. It's a somber time, uh, like she's like 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 Miss Kayla said on on really clear days. We call it a a nine eleven day. <clears throat> Watching the different remembrances over the weekend, seeing families read the names of their loved ones. Yeah, that would wreck you. And rewatching footage. Yeah, that that just wrecked you. Um, are we a better nation today? I don't know. I think. Uh, as it reads, it says, in order to perform, in, in, in order to do a more perfect union. And what that means, in order to form a more perfect union. And what that means is that America is always growing. It's always perfecting. It's always progressing. So let's not be happy with, like, where we were, mm. but realize that we're on this journey to become a more perfect union. Why did we leave New Orleans? Because the food is just so good. Why did we leave New Orleans? I hate to admit this. I remember our first visit back to New Orleans. 
and we had so many people we wanted to see friends that we hadn't seen in five six years the truth is we arranged every visit around food we picked (laughs) it's terrible we picked a restaurant and said i cannot believe you are admitting this i'm so admitting this oh well come on it's the truth so we got to visit with great friends longtime friends here's a confession with good food within 60 minutes of the plane landing we were having a meal yeah we were and i remember i had red beans and rice with sausage with cornbread and a piece of fried chicken on top of it (laughs) it's incredible yeah Uh, i don't honestly remember what i had i think i had red beans and rice too didn't i i don't know i remember food i don't see how you forget it yeah okay so we left new orleans because i want to say this kindly because we loved our time there and we loved the people there we loved our jobs but also, but I also described it as a velvet prison in that you got comfortable, mm. but you would hit a limit. So it wasn't misery, but you couldn't expand. And I knew God had called me to lead, and I would never lead at that institution. I would never be a leader. So we just start poking around for different opportunities. And I remember we had gone on vacation up to the uh, first time we ever rented a cabin. Up in, in Gatlinburg. Yeah, in, yeah, there. And we were praying about should we leave or should we stay. And we went to a concert, and one of the artists sang a song about just go. And you looked at me, and I looked at you, and you said, I think God's talking to us. And I said, he is, but we don't have anywhere to go. And so we start putting out feelers, and we landed here in Virginia. <sighs> I knew. I? See, <clears throat> I knew before we went to Gatlinburg. Really? I think as your spouse, I had a front row seat to what was happening in your heart. I'd already seen the ways that God was starting to disconnect you from New Orleans I also could see that he was calling you and us to something much different Hmm. and bigger. And I knew that you were not going to be happy until you were living into your purpose. And it wasn't that what you were doing in New Orleans didn't have value, but it wasn't everything you were meant to do. And so for me... I remember looking at you, and I think it freaked you out, if I remember correctly. Before we even left on vacation, I told you, just go ahead and put your resume together. Yes, I remember that. And it really freaked you out. But for me to get to that point was a big deal because, yes, you're not lying when you say we had it very comfortable. We had a nice home that had been built for us. We had... All the amenities. Had a car provided for everything. us. Everything. Yeah. Good good pay. It just, it wasn't where we were meant to stay. And so it was a, it was a <clears throat> big risk. I mean, when we say big risk, we literally. <laughs> took a big risk. I mean, I'll just be transparent. To make the move from New Orleans to here, we had to drain everything in our 401k. Mm-hmm. We had to pay that tax, had to pay that penalty to make the move up here to New Orleans. 
were we scared? We didn't know a soul up here. Um, we had to drain out our 401ks. I was the only one who had a job. Mm-hmm. Kay wasn't looking to work at the time. We were leaving behind everything that we knew. Yeah. Everybody that we knew. Uh, and we've shared that. We shared about being homesick yeah. and moving and away from family. I had to even Google, back before Google, where's Virginia? I mean, Brian tells me that he has a job opportunity here. And to tell you that it was such a leap of faith, I ended up not being able to, I can't remember exactly why, I could not come with you for the job interview. So I pretty much made a decision on, okay, B says this is a good thing to do. We're going to do it. I'd never seen the state. I had never visited this area. And then here we are, fast forward to January, us and our TV and a few suitcases. And the further north we travel, the more snow and I remember turning to you and going, what have you done? Not that. we, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has God been faithful through this? Yes. Uh, we have a good church. We have a beautiful home. Uh, we have good friendships. But I want to say this. You're never going to recapture. No in one area what you had over here in a different area so life is different now and i often blame it on people and stuff like that and it's not that it's that our lives have changed Mm. we have changed we are now leaders we we, and we now lead an organization uh we're tired often we're a little bit older uh easy now well (laughs) And when we were younger, we didn't mind going out to eat after church and staying out till ten ten thirty. Now it's like nine o'clock. Anybody ready for bed? Anybody ready for bed? Yeah. Uh, I remember I was in Dr. Kelly's home. We were in Dr. Kelly's home. He was the president of the seminary, and they and uh, it was just me and you and Chuck and uh, Rhonda Kelly at their house. And I remember asking him. And he had no context for this question. Hmm. I said, why is it harder to take risk as you get older? And he turned around and he said, it's like going skiing. He said, the older you get, the higher the mountain gets. Hmm. And he says, and so it looks scarier from the top of the mountain. And that just rang true. And I remember I went home and I'm like, can I really ski down this mountain? Yeah. And God's been faithful. He yeah. has, most definitely. And I've I've enjoyed watching you thrive. I've enjoyed building our first home. Maybe we'll share about that one day. Huh. Never going to do it again. Um, I've just... Now that you've said that, guess what? No, okay. just no. Um, so our question to you is this. What's holding you back? Yes. Do you feel God nudging you? Maybe you're in a velvet prison. And it may not be quitting your job. Your boss is welcome that I said that. But And if there's any PAR team member listening to this. Don't even think about it. God's not um, calling you to Nope. Leave. But it could look like something that makes you twitch when you think about it. But you know that God's nudging you to make a change, big or small. If he is in it, 
if he's truly the one that's telling you to do this and he's making it clear to you, just go. Amen. Just go. <laughs> Marital bliss. <laughs> That's not what I was going to say. Oh, where are we going with this? Marital disputes. Oh, dear. Marital arguments. Marital disagreements. Okay, I want to tell a story before we get into this topic. Mm -hmm. We went to a marriage seminar at a church one time, and there were these six or seven couples up on stage. Mm -hmm. And the first couple says, we've been married 30 years, and we've never had a disagreement. Oh, really? And Kayla and I just looked at each other like, what? And second couple said that. And third couple said that. And the fourth couple said that. And so we're starting to feel like we are really damaged. They said it in different ways, but yeah. what they were all saying is, we don't really fight, and there's not a lot of tension in our house. And I thought, really? And finally, Do you people live in the same house? And the final couple is a couple that we knew, Mike and Vicki. And they said, "We," she says, I don't know what's wrong with the rest of y'all, but we ripped the wallpaper off the wall at our house. <laughs> and you and I high-fived each other at that conference. Yeah, we did. So me and Miss Kayla, we don't nitpick. No. We don't yin-yay each other. Nope. Okay. About once every six months, what will happen? We have an all-out war yeah we mm -hmm. ripped the wallpaper off the wall now i don't know if that's healthy but we're on 28 years it's worked, worked for so far. far for us so our first big fight we'd been married six months six, five months yeah. Someone, yeah right on schedule and i don't remember what it was about i have no idea probably a family holiday or something because those, Cause were, those were what yeah. I, we'll get to that those but, were always stressful oh so you said, I'm just leaving. Well, I went to the closet, got out your suitcase, and mm -hmm. I start packing it for you. I put in dresses, I put in shirts, and I start looking at you, and I said, does this look good on you? Do, you Do like these this? shoes match this outfit? Yeah. I mean, you were doing your best to diffuse the situation, and, you and finally, it worked. And you finally laughed. Yeah. Okay. The only reason I did that was to break the tension yeah because it was serious yeah it was bad and it i was, was done you <laughs> and it diffused the situation we were able to talk we realized that we weren't the problem it was external forces mm -hmm. coming coming in on us so from that we've learned this attack the issue not the person yes fight fair and so when, I, so when we say fight fair, fighting fair means this, is that, the, is that you attack the problem, not the person. Now, if the person is just being bullheaded, which I often can be, then you got to say, be. Wait, can you say that again? No. Really? Yes, I'm not saying that again. I've but we have it on tape. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, wait. We're attacking the problem. Yes, we okay. are. And right now, you're not attacking the problem. No, just zoning in on a few key words. <laughs> so realize that, like, when the family or friends or 
whoever. Let's just use this. When we were first married, there was pressure from 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 both sides of the parents. Holidays were a big deal Holidays because were a big deal. they were a big deal for both of our families, and so there was a lot of tension around which holiday we would spend. Now, listen, we're just going to impart a little wisdom here. We tried this whole, well, we'll do this holiday with this person, and then we'll do this holiday with that person. And what it looked like ended up being Christmas Eve at one house, Christmas Day at the other, and we were flat out exhausted by the end of Christmas Day. So we had to rethink that. But you figure out what works best for you as a couple. Yes. But this was definitely a source of contention. And I'm not saying it was our parents' fault. I think we just felt a lot of guilt and pressure over how to make holidays work. So I, I think if I remember correctly, because, you know, women don't forget things. Hmm. It was. Wait a minute. Can you say that again? We don't forget things, okay, which right. is helpful to you men because you can't find anything. But anyway, moving on. Felt that. Also, as a couple, look at trigger responses. Mm. What triggers you, and then how do you respond to it? And we had to set some ground rules. I had to be humble enough to admit one of my trigger responses was, I'm done. And that was really bad for our marriage because it signaled to you, I'm quitting. I'm out. Yeah. And it was very, very hurtful. So figure out what are some things that are going to be, I don't want to say hard and fast rules, but understandings that, okay, when we're having an issue, we promise not to threaten these things or say these things that could be a trigger for the other person. For, For me, you know, I would... I will take it to a next level. Once I get so aggravated, I'll just take it to a next level. And I had to figure out my own head, okay, uh, there, there is no need to go to like DEFCON 5. This is just ridiculous. Mm. So that's something that like I sit in. Because I like happiness. I like peace. And you know that. Yes. And so when there's a ripple in the water, I like, okay, what's going on here? And so I have to I have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yes. Give space to the other person. Okay. We refer to it as don't poke the bear. If now, someone's really uh, upset, maybe give them the privilege of sitting with that for a little while. Not to the point where it becomes a grudge, but we had is, to learn that. And this is where we're different because once once it's over for me, it's over. Oh, he's not kidding. I mean, I can turn the page. I'm done. Happy Lala. I can tiptoe through the tulips. Miss Kayla is more like a crock pot. I'm simmering. <laughs> yes. And even though and processing. And and even though you've turned the crock pot off, it's got a warm setting. It's got it's it'll it'll yeah. take it a while to cool down. Is that, is that fair to That's say? That's fair. Okay. All right. Yeah. But there's a famous scene from our favorite tv show west wing where the president and his <laughs> wife are having an argument mm-hmm. jed bartlett and abigail are having an argument mm-hmm. and she admits that she's wrong and what does he say to her just stand there in your wrongness and be wrong no don't say anything just be wrong and it's probably one of our favorite west wing scenes hmm. 
Have I ever said that to you? Yes. <laughs> I don't think so. We better end this here before one of us has to say that to the other. Has it been the six-month mark? <laughs> Listen, you, says you can subscribe to the Peas and Carrots podcast on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcast. You can contact us at peasandcarrotspodcast.com or on Facebook. Just search for Peas and Carrots Podcast. Just stand there in your wrongness and be wrong. Mm. For more about the Peas and Carrots Podcast and to reach out to Brian and Kayla, visit peasandcarrotspodcast.com.